Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Practicing the Practices podcast. I think this is week number four, and uh, we are going to be talking about the practice of simplicity and fasting. And I have, in the midst of a ice storm, two amazing ladies with me. I have Megan Brown and Lindsay Falls, and uh, some of you are asking, is Lindsay really a expert on 90s hip hop? And the answer to that question is absolutely she is. So feel free to pepper her with questions whenever you see her at church and quiz her uh, knowledge on that topic. But hey, I want to start by reading the passage scripture that really served as one of our anchor passages uh, when we talked about this on Sunday. And it's when Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 25, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, whatever you will wear is not life more than food and your body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you be worried by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. This practice of simplicity and fasting uh, have a lot to do with the order of our inner life. Where we place things uh, will have a direct effect on how they will affect us. And Romans 12, too, has been the scripture that we've been leaning into week in and week out in this series, that we're on a journey to not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we start talking about this idea of living more simply and saying no to things so that we can say yes to other things, it's important that we keep central the purpose of what it is that we're doing. It's not just so that we can say that we're living more simple or we're not trying to pursue a minimalistic life. What we're saying is, is that we want our inner world to be in order. And as we seek first the kingdom of heaven, all of the other things that we're doing, all of the other things that we're feeling and carrying will find their rightful place and God will do what he does, which is take care of us. Dallas Willard, uh, who I've quoted often over these past couple of weeks, says that we do have a problem and that problem is time, but the solution is not more time. I'll say that one more time. We have a problem and it is time, but the solution is not more time. Our answer is not getting an extra hour in our day. Our answer is reordering the time that we do have in our day and making the main things the main 
things. Lindsay, I want to start with you um, because I feel like you really carry this in, in a lot of ways. Uh, we talked about big rocks and the big rocks in our life on Sunday. Like uh, we joked about that illustration from 90s youth ministry of putting big rocks and then pouring sand in and both the rocks and the sand will only find place in the vase uh, if the big rocks are placed in first. I, I'd love to hear how have you ordered your life around the big rocks of seeking first the kingdom of heaven? And then how has that impacted the simplicity of your inner world? And then get into a little bit how that's overflowed out into your outer world. Well, I would say that I've experimented and had different seasons in my life where I I have my time with the Lord at different times of day. Um, I really like to sleep. Like I'm not going to actually wake up at 5 a.m. if it weren't my choice to be with the Lord. Like Lindsay, I'm not going to lie a and say. <laughs> Hold on, Lindsay, are a you a napper? Power napper. I'm a 20 minute power napper. Okay. I mean, right. if I, I don't, I don't need that. like an hour nap. I don't need the, I, I mean, I can fall asleep very, very fast. So since I can do that, I can take like a 20 minute nap and it, it's enough to carry me for the rest of the day. Um, but I say that just because I wouldn't consider myself like a natural morning person. Um, mm. And when, when I am an empty nester or I'm no longer ordering my life around my kid's schedule, I don't imagine that I will continue to wake up at 5 a.m. if I don't have, if I have blocks of time and the other parts of the day. But since right now I don't, I mean, it's 5 a.m. with Jesus and that's it. Like, that's just going to be first for me. I'm not, I've tried other times, like doing it at night, doing it after they go to school. But right now, if I'm going to keep it a priority every single day, it's, it's going to literally be first. It's going to be seeking first his presence, mm-hmm. his word, time in prayer. Um, and then from that point, it's, I don't really look at my time with the Lord as something that stops when I have to continue the rest of my day. It's okay. Now I'm done reading scripture, but I'm now making my kids lunches for school. And as I'm doing it, I'm praying over their day. I'm praying over the conversations they're going to have. Like God's presence is continuous. It's a continued conversation with him right? from that point. But it, for me, it has to be first. And personally, I also, because, because I do have to have a definite stopping point, like I start at five and I have to start making my kids lunches at six 15. Um, but I need time to linger in the presence of the Lord where I'm not Mm. rushed to the next thing. And so Fridays are my Sabbath. And so I don't try to do any work on, on Fridays. And I give that day a time for myself to just linger in the presence of the Lord. If I want to go down a rabbit trail in scripture, I'm going to go down a rabbit trail. If I want to read something else, I will, or if I want to spend more time praying than I typically would, I just try to not have any agenda in my time with the Lord for that day. And that's kind of like my day of feasting on the Lord. You, so. you hit you hit a couple of really important things 
um, that I want to reiterate. The first is you talked about you're in a season where the tempo of your life might not necessarily be your favorite. Like the, the early mornings is not your natural uh, go-to, but that's the tempo that you've been given. And I thought it was really cool to hear you then say, so I figured out a rhythm on that tempo that gives me space to thrive. And I think we talked a little bit about that on Sunday is that your tempo doesn't have to determine your rhythm. And I love how you even gave the example of that. You, you enjoy lingering in the presence of God and you enjoy being with him and, and, and allowing him to show you things to lean into in scripture. And with that, um, you have created space in the tempo that you have so that those things can happen so that you mm-hmm. can do it. It's like you would prefer to do it every day, but you're not able to do it every day. So you make room to do that on Friday. And I think that's so good to hear because sometimes we think like, man, how am I supposed to do these things? How am I supposed to have time for these things? And maybe you're in a season you where you've been dealt a tempo where your rhythm is not about the everyday. Your rhythm is about once a week that you're able to spend these extended times with God. And that rhythm can be fruitful, right? It, it can be mm-hmm. a, a beautiful thing. Uh, Megan, what about you? How, how has these, uh, these principles, this practice of, really putting the big rocks in first lived out in, in your life. Yeah, definitely. You know, I really relate to Lindsay. I'm a mom too, and I still have little kids. And so um, it has to be a priority for me to start my day. I will often, um, I have a Bible plan where I'm reading through the Bible. I'm part of ADS this year. And so it's, it's really fun to be reading part um, through the Bible together And so I just have to make it a habit that as soon as I roll out of my bed, I'm walking to the coffee pot and I'm hitting play on my Bible app just so that it starts right away uh, with hearing scripture before anything else happens. And to be honest, I, I enjoy a variety of things in my, you know, my time with God, I have um, different, different seasons. I'll be doing different things. Um, Sometimes I have more time to journal than others. Sometimes I have, um, more time to read through the entire Bible versus a a devotional guide. Um, But I also know that some mornings I wake up and I am, I don't get up as early as I want to. Um, And so I actually have time scheduled in at other parts of my day that if I have not gotten to have time with Jesus as much as I wanted. And for me, it is um, as soon as my, my last and third kid walks out the door I have another little bit of time that I can still sit down. Um, So it's not always in a long, long stretch like I would love, but I can still at least start that way and grab, like Lindsay said, continual conversation throughout the day, grab more time. Um, Because I have found that the conversation throughout the day is actually what is more life-giving and connects my heart to Jesus, um, sometimes even more than a chunk of time in the morning. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, I think the reason why mornings are so important is because oftentimes what, what starts our day will tee up the rhythm of the rest of the day. So true. So even if you're just getting a little bit of the word of God in you, but then you're practicing 
meditating on that scripture throughout the day, your heart is going to grow throughout the day. And that I would argue might be more beneficial to your letting go of the patterns of the world and being transformed by the renewing of your mind than just saying that you read three chapters and then you forgot about them. Um, again, it, it's not the the mechanics of the big rock of connecting with God. It's about the purpose. And I, I think I've loved how practical you guys have been because it's true. I've got kids too. And so my morning starts and when they come downstairs, it is a different focus, right? And, and I want to be present in the mornings with my kids. And I win on that sometimes and I lose on that sometimes. But if I don't have a discipline of starting my morning saying, God, what are you saying? Getting into the Bible and then grabbing that scripture to meditate on, that affects the conversations I'm having with my kids, the advice that I'm giving them as they're heading out to catch the bus. All of those things have been influenced by that big rock of getting time with God. You know, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things will be taken care of. It's not that we're forsaking the practical things that we need to do. We're putting them in their rightful place so that as we do them, we're trusting in the leadership of heaven and not just relying on our own earthly strength. The other thing that we kind of talked about was fasting, which is everybody's favorite topic. Everybody loves fasting. Woo. You know, like it's, fun to be hungry, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's fun to, it's fun to, uh, uh, to say no to things. I know that so many of you listening to this podcast have been fasting this week. You did a three day fast with a lot of people at the church. You fasted for one day or you fasted from social media or you fasted from your phone. Or, and I heard that pastor, uh, Chris Paget fasted from, uh, digital entertainment of all forms. And he wishes that he would have fasted from food. It has been challenging. It has not been easy. So you can fast from anything that you will miss because the goal of fasting, again, it's not a hunger strike. It's not a weight loss strategy. Um, what fasting is, is saying no to one thing to say yes to the main thing. And when we do that, it reorients our lives around that big rock of seeking first the kingdom of heaven, really unlike any other practice that we have access to this side of heaven. Megan, I know that uh, you have a rhythm of doing some fasts and uh, they've brought some some breakthrough uh, for you. Take us into, I know you just finished one up in, in January. Take us into the power of that moment. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, um, in my early years, in my, of uh, walking with the Lord as a young adult in my twenties, I heard a lot about fasting and I always wanted to be part so of it. So was that like last year? Megan? Yeah, it was last year. It was about 20s. 18 yeah. months ago. I, I, just, yeah. <laughs> I just got out of my twenties and, um, and I, I always wanted, like I wanted that people would talk about the power of fasting. And I always, I wanted to be a part of, of, of incorporating that discipline into my life. And so I remember in college, you know, fasting for one meal and, um, but I think I found that, yeah, I was hungry for that meal. And honestly, when I was single, I had an, the ability to, instead of eating that meal, then I would use that time to pray. But when mm-hmm. I became a parent, um, it actually doesn't work that way. I'm actually still cooking meals and I'm sitting down with my family and they're eating and I'm watching them and I'm, I don't get to exchange one thing for the other. Um, 
but several years ago, our church was being challenged to, to go on a, a 21 day fast. And so I thought, gosh, I haven't even fasted for more than a meal. I think what I'm going to try first is to do it for a weekend. And so uh, my husband, Chase, and I took Friday through the end of Sunday. So three full days to fast. You guys, we fought, <laughs> we argued, we were grumpy because when you're, when you're hungry and you become hangry, the wheels just fall off the bus. It was yes. not fun. And I ended that fast with shame and I don't ever want to fast again. That was that, that was my mentality. Cause I thought, I don't know. I think people who fast must be more spiritual than I am because this has actually just wreaked havoc on my weekend, <laughs> but I was determined, you know, I wanted to come back and really try to do this 21 day fast. And so it, that came about, about, you know, eight weeks later, and I jumped in and did a, a juice fast um, for those 21 days. And to be honest, I really thought, okay, once I'm fasting, then it will feel very spiritual and I will wake up. It's like, I'll wake up in the spirit and I'll go to bed in the spirit and all day long, I'll have angelic experiences. And I've now been doing regularly, at least every January, I do a pretty long fast anywhere from a week to a couple weeks long. And then I'll do different things throughout the, the year. Um, and I still have not necessarily had an experience where it feels like I am um, just being extra spiritual the entire time. However, it has produced in me over the last 12 years, a deep hunger to long for more of it every year. I, it's like I, nobody wants to fast, but then also everybody, if you've been doing a discipline of fasting, you can't wait to do it again. So I'm, I have like literal grief the night before I'm getting ready to fast because I know what it means to say no to food for so long. It's awkward socially when you're sitting at a restaurant, everybody's eating, but you, um, you know, there's a lot of, you don't have as much energy. Um, however, what I have found is that for a long fast, and this is what I say to people, some people will say, oh, I could never do that. Well, I'm not, I'm not doing it because I think that I can. What I have found is that the wow. first three to five days of a fast are so hard. And yes. if you end your fast on day three or day five, in my opinion, you've missed a lot of the benefits because after day five, to be honest, when you're doing a food fast, after day five, you're just not that hungry anymore. It's like your body has shut down. Then you're really reaping the benefits because you don't just feel hungry all the time. When your brain is occupied with feeling hungry, it's hard to think about the things of the Lord. Once you've gone past that point, it's like all the clutter has cleared out of my mind. I think fasting more than any other discipline, uh, Richard Foster says this in his book, fasting, fasting more than any other discipline reveals the cravings that are inside of you. Mm. But uh, the clutter's cut out. I, it's such, that's why it goes hand in hand with simplicity. And it's like, I can think clearly, I can hear the Holy Spirit, and I'm mm -hmm. much more willing to obey than I ever would be without fasting. You know, it's so true that when you remove food, it reveals much. It reveals your real intentions your real love for those around you or that lack so thereof, uh, mm -hmm. the, the real amount of grace that you're walking in with others. But I want to echo what you said, Megan, the, the first is the hardest. And I think it is your brain literally decluttering it's the so rhythm good. of eating, because it's not as if we're all of a sudden after day three, we're not hungry. 
our brains have now bought into this rhythm of feasting on other things and not food. And so uh, it's amazing how we get programmed to where when you're on a fast, this is so revealing, you get hungry at mealtimes, you'll be fine. And then at when it's dinner, all of a sudden you feel hungry. Mm -hmm. Why is that? It's because you had a pattern of eating at that time. And I just think about, man, how powerful would it be if, if we had that same sensitivity in our heart to where there were these moments where our souls just began to cry out because it's like, this is when we seek heaven. This is when we pray. This is when we believe. This is when we stand and, and fight for those who are around us. And leaning back a little bit on one of the stories I shared on Sunday, where you have Jesus and Mary and Martha and Martha's running around and taking care of all the details and making sure everything's ready. And Mary is just sitting at Jesus's feet. And Martha gets so frustrated and she's like, well, you tell your, tell this girl that my sister to help me. And Jesus's response was Mary has chosen the way that is better. And mm -hmm. there is a better way for us. There's a, a way that is more simple minded where we're living in a rhythm of saying no to things that our flesh is crying out for so that we can begin to cry out for more of heaven. Lindsay, what about you? How, how has fasting impacted your life? Well, I will say I'm not a master faster. Um, is there anyone no. who's a master faster? <laughs> it's always messy. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm by that. I mean, I actually don't fast for very long, but I fast very regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've never done a 40 day fast. I've never even done a 21 day fast, um, other than like media and stuff, but those, I don't really consider media fast fast for me personally, because I believe it's food it, biblically. Um, but I will say that I fast every Friday. Um, and that, and, and then when I, when I fast, I just do a water fast, um, but I need to have like a rhythm set in place. Like I'm going to do it every Friday or I'm going to do it the first month of the year because I need to, like, I know in and of myself, I'm not going to like want to fast on my own will unless mm. I have a boundary set up or a plan in place to keep me fasting rhythmically. Right. So, um, I, used to just jump the gun anytime there was like a 21 day fast I'd be like okay great I'm doing it and then by day <laughs> three I'm like I don't think God said to do this or oh that know, old like, uh, consult he heaven say? thing <laughs> yeah. let me recheck said, that <laughs> I think God said just to like fast like sugar or just like something that that is minimal um so now when there are like bigger fasts happening I'm not quite as quick to like jump in. I really want to pray about it. And I really want to hear what God wants me to fast. But mm -hmm. I do find that just having like Fridays set aside, I know I'll be fasting. And just like Megan, I will be like grieving on Thursday night, just thinking about it. But, um, but just having one day a week, every single week, where I know I'm not going to be eating 
I, I, in the moment I'm like cringing, giving up food and, and like, and not wanting to do it. I'm so resistant to it. But then on Saturday and Sunday, and then Monday, I'm like, whoa, I'm seeing the effect spiritually right. of why I right. did this. Oh, and so if I can keep the vision of what I want to feel like on Sunday and Monday, it can keep me fasting on Friday. Um, just because I know that I'm so much more sensitive to the spirit. I know that I feel more confident in the decisions that I'm making because I know that I've really leaned into the Lord. And mm-hmm. I just notice this like tenderness in my mm-hmm. heart towards the Lord that I can get no other way, but by fasting. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. so true. And, and I'm actually going to hit a little bit on this in the, in this coming week uh, out of first Samuel 15, that the Lord delights in burnt offering and sacrifices. I'm sorry. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying him? It is better to obey than sacrifice. And I think when you're talking about fasting, man, it's so important that we heed that word from the word of God, that it's not just about sacrificing and like, Oh, I'm not going to fast. It's like hearing God for what this practice needs to look like in your life. It can look like so many different things. It can look like a rhythm of fasting of what we see in Lindsay's life, or we look like a rhythm of what we see in Megan's life, where once a year she does a longer fast. And then there's some other fasts that are peppered in. Um, I'm kind of a hybrid. I, I, I don't have, I used to fast the first three days of the month. And then I went to every week I fasted and then I started doing one really long fast a year. And there's been all different kinds of things. Cause again, the goal is to be obedient to what God is saying mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. and to allow what the, what God is doing in our inner world to shape what we're living in, um, in the world around us. And, and so our encouragement, if you haven't fasted yet from something uh, that you give it a shot because um, you will be changed. Why? Because you're saying no to something to say yes to the main thing. And when you do that, God will honor it. We were so thankful um, for you taking a little bit of time to hang out with us, Megan and Lindsay. Uh, Amazing to talk to you. And uh, we look forward to seeing every single one of you at church on Sunday, because we are going to be talking about tithing right up there uh, with the probably the most sought after messages. Everybody wants to hear (laughs) uh, right right behind circumcision. (laughs) (laughs) just joking but i promise you uh i think god has something special and unique for us so we'll see you there